Hey, Sarasota, it's Bob. So it's been a wonderful grind over the past 18 months. We've had some fabulous guests. We've produced over 150 episodes. and We've had over 10,000 listens from you wonderful folks in the greater Sarasota area. It's been a lot of fun, but also it's been a lot of work. And so we've decided to take a little bit of a break until this fall. When you check out other podcasts, you're going to see that most put out a new episode only once a week. We put out two, so of course that means there's twice the work. A lot of show notes, scheduling, guests, editing, etc., etc., etc. So we've decided to take a little break for the rest of the summer and we will resume this fall. And we'll let you know. But before I sign off, can you do me a little favor? Reach out to us via Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Drop us a little note. I'd like to know more about what you want to hear when we resume in the next couple of weeks. That'd be a big help because without you, dear listener, we would not exist. As always, thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful summer, and we'll be back soon where you can listen, learn, and connect. Good morning, Sarasota. This is the Sarasota Stories Podcast. Have you ever thought, What would the world do without coffee? I was briefly in the specialty coffee business before moving to Sarasota and still love not only drinking it, but talking about the noble bean as well. So I'm very pleased to welcome Patrick Robinson of Coast to Coast Coffee to the show today. I'm your host, Bob Williams, and in this episode, you'll learn one thing most people don't know about Patrick, why he decided to go into the coffee business, the nearly disastrous first date Patrick and wife Gabrielle had, which led to their skateboard logo, tips everyone should keep in mind if they decide to start a coffee business, and much, much more. I appreciate you stopping by today to listen, to learn, but most importantly, connect. Patrick Robinson, founder of Coast to Coast Coffee in Sarasota. Welcome to the Sarasota Stories Podcast. Yes. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm definitely a coffee lover. I grind mine every morning. And so this is going to be a fun episode for me to do. I was actually in the business and we're going to get into that in a little bit here. But before we do that, I have to ask Patrick, what is one thing that most people do not know about you? Well, they don't know. Most people don't know. A lot of people do, but most people in my immediate life nowadays don't know that my brother is a famous sneaker reseller. Okay. All right. Now you, you and I talked about this the other day. What is a sneaker reseller? So basically what we did, I mean, we started it in 2000. Uh, We started doing this before anybody really knew the game or what was going on, but we would go to uh, skate shops and we would source out Nike SBs generally Nike SB Jordans, a couple others at that time, but it was really Nike SB and Jordans. And we would take them to a place called Flight Club up in New York City. We'd go all around. We'd get them for about $45 a piece, $50 a piece. And we'd bring them back up to Flight Club. And we would make pretty good money each week doing it. So it just ended up getting up there. He kind of scooped me out of the game for a little while. And he just took off. So Families will do that. Family members will boot you out. Yeah, he's doing pretty well. How much was was the markup on those? Uh, well, we would do $45 and then I think we sold most of those back in the day for like 110, 115 wow. a piece. Wow. Yeah. So we did wow. pretty well, but now he has pairs that are worth, I mean, there's a pair of Freddie Cougar 
Nike SBs that are worth, I don't even think there's a price tag on them. Wow. But he has about six pairs of them. So he's well, doing pretty well. A lot of different, I've heard a lot about a lot of different collectors, but sneakers is a new one on me. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, man. yeah it's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's, it was awesome to see him grow. You know, he, he took it there and he did not stop. And that's where I'm going to take Coast to Coast Coffee. Well, good, good. We want to get into that. Well, give us, give us some more broad strokes of your background and how you ended up in Sarasota and decided to go into specialty coffee. Well, in the beginning of my life, you know, and I, when you came in here, we talked about that. You know, it was rough growing up for me. Um, I didn't have the greatest upbringing. My mom was always there for me. My brothers had it really rough. Um, when I was in Asbury uh, High School, there was a time I remember getting under a desk and hearing gunshots outside and we all had to just stay there for a little while. Oh it was pretty goodness. frightening in in the beginning of, you know, my teenage years, but this is New Jersey, correct? Yeah, that was New Jersey, uh, Asbury Park, New Jersey to be exact. Right, right. I grew up in the uh, Seabright, New Jersey though. That wasn't as bad, but my mom had found a house cheap, obviously yep. in a bad area and she just didn't really look at the school system there and we were just kind of prone to it. Yeah. Uh, but I got out of that and I'm doing great now. So, you know, how I found Sarasota, once I got a little older, I ran my brother's skate shop actually. And I always had this dream to open up a coffee shop in California. So really I had this plan to be in California for so long. When I met Gabrielle, we talked about it and we ended up moving there for a little while. And Gabrielle is your that's my wife. That's that your wife. My okay. Wife. Yeah. She's part owner of Coast to Coast Coffee as cool. well. Cool, cool. Um, we ended up moving there and it wasn't what dreams were made of. Let's put it that way. Pandemic hit. We had bought a house and it just wasn't for us. So we ended wow. up selling. And then we found Sarasota because her family actually moved here when we moved to California. They moved up to Bradington by UTC Mall and we had visited them. And when we were visiting about the third time, we took, we bought a conversion van and drove across the country and we, uh, found Siesta Key Beach. And I was thinking to myself, this would be the perfect spot for a little coffee shop somewhere. And that didn't happen when we got here, unfortunately, because we moved here after all said and done. And we looked everywhere, man, yep. to start this. We almost gave up to the point where we were just exhausted. And then I just found this little beautiful spot by the water. And like you said, it's tucked away. But I'll tell you what, man, it's come a far way from last year. Well, that's cool. That's cool. Well, yeah. you're actually tucked away down at South Point Village and Marina. And for po folks that want a kind of even better landmark there, it's right next to Hidden Harbor Marina. You see the boats out there in front. I think a Kia is right across the street. There's a Kia? No. Yes, there's a Kia, Maserati, and uh, yeah, yeah. an auto mall. Yeah, yeah. And so so you guys are tucked back there. I, I will say, and I want to get into some of the coffee itself, but what I do like about the location, even though it's tucked back in there, one of the few places where you can grab a great cup of coffee and sit out by the water because there is yep. a a channel up in there, and uh, it's very nice right there. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. The, um, the last owner before the new owner bought the place had built that little deck back there for the businesses that were here at the time. And it's just awesome to watch it grow. Um, my wife, and we'll get into that a little later. My wife, like I said, on our, when we talked last that she sourced out all these businesses in here 
And now it's just becoming a community of small business and it's really turning out to be something special. Well, that's great. So you're developing a community right there of all the uh, shop owners. Yes. It's going pretty awesome. We're all. That's cool. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Because there's so much division, unfortunately, in the world today, at least what we see so much in the United States. And to see you guys create a community there just with the coffee store and everything else is is really, really cool. It's really cool. And we. Share with us, share with us kind of like the steps that you went through to get the shop off the ground. Cause there's, you know, like there's licensing, you got to, yep. there's financing, you got to source yep. materials. Talk about that if you would, please. Well, the awesome part about this place is the overhead isn't much. Um, with a normal coffee shop, uh, with espresso, you need your espresso machine that right there, you're, you're out 15 to 20 grand if you get a good one. Yeah. Um, you know, for us, we don't have that overhead. So it was easier to start this than any other coffee shop because I'll tell you right now, we probably put out a minimum of 20 grand to really get the place and pay the rent up front for like six months. So really, it wasn't that hard. The licensing is easy. We went through a company that got us our LLC. So it's Coast to Coast Coffee LLC. Um, that was simple. And to get the food permits and the reseller permit, that was not hard at all. And that's great. Really took the marketing for Google to another level. We had a guy who taught us a little bit of marketing with Google and Google ads and how to manipulate it and get seen a lot better than most places. That are you pretty savvy with social media or yes, we're pretty uh me in general, my wife not so much. She does other things. I do all the social media for now. Um yeah, I'm pretty savvy with it. We're pretty it's active huge. on most social media accounts. It's huge. I had quite the learning curve, given I'm yeah. a, uh, a boomer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, man, well, so, you can always learn. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Thank God for YouTube. Yeah, um, there you go. <laughs> so so you've been in business for right at about a year. What what do most people get wrong if Thinking back now, you're still pretty young in this venture here, but what do you think mm-hmm. most people would get wrong about running a specialty coffee house? Um, well, I would definitely say they get wrong that they're going, you know, because when you started, you think you might have a lot of customers right when you open, right? If you have good marketing from the beginning, maybe, but I think they get wrong that they're going to open. And they're just sure. immediately going to have customers and immediately going to be a success. So I think they need to work on anybody who starts a shop. I would definitely say don't go in with the expectations from the beginning to get all those customers that you think you're going to make a thousand dollars a day. You know, right. you need to just work on that and build and build your community, build the people, uh, the surrounding communities and just watch it grow. I think that's the most beautiful part about it. That's cool. So besides getting on Sarasota's uh, best podcast, what are some things that you kind of like the plans that you had in place to really get your your store on the map? Well, we did um, a Sarasota magazine article on their website. A young little girl that wanted to get her name out, uh, Allison, she did a whole article on us that helped us out cool. tremendously. I yep. have reached out to ABC uh, Sarasota. I'm hoping to hear back from them. We do want to get on some of these other articles. I would love to get into the running for best uh, cold brew coffee in Sarasota for 2023 or yep. 24, if possible. 
because I think what we have is something a lot of these other coffee shops don't have, which is our cold brew options. We actually just put out our decaf cold brew as well. So I think that that's something I really want to get out there to the people so people will understand the decafers still have a lane. Interesting. Because that was a long time ago that I was in the coffee business. I, you and I talked about this in Cincinnati. I had a yeah a double drive through window. So it's really for the morning commuters. What was the John's name only, again? It's called Java Bob's. Java Bob's. <laughs> Love the name. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, name. Actually, yeah, that's actually one of my, that's one of my uh, email accounts. But uh, that was a long oh. time ago. But um, uh, you, so you mentioned a lot about the cold brew and whatnot. Cold brew wasn't a big thing, you know, the 20 years, 25 years ago when I was doing this. It's really starting to grow, I think, the cold brew. Yeah, you know, and it went through its trends. There was just straight flat cold brew at first. And now a lot of these places do the nitro infused cold brew, which we right. push ours with nitro, but we don't infuse it because that gives the head on top. And yeah. We don't want that. We're just doing straight flat cold brew, but it has went through its trends. And I think in Florida is where it really is taken off. Uh, because well, it's it so makes sense. Here. It would make yeah. sense. Yeah. And I, you know, and of course, you know, we, we all have to bring up Starbucks at some point. I'm sure that they facilitated that with their canned coffee and they, they have oh, some yeah. cold brew, but typically they just pour it right out of a pitcher that I've seen. Maybe they have yeah. the nitro. I think they, I at think one point they, they had, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they still have. It. It's been so long since I've been in one, in one of those. One, well, tell yeah. us some more about about uh, the coffee that you offer because you have some interesting, uh, not only brands but also preparation ways that you serve your coffee. Because you have Turkish coffee, you have New Orleans style coffee. So, to talk about that, if you would. Yeah, so we do it uh, all pour over style. Um, if you look at our Instagram, everything you'll see, we always say pour over style hot coffee. So what that is, is we get these uh, pour overs from fellow and we will have them here for sale at some point. Um, they're little bucket pour overs. They have a nice training system on the bottom. Um, we so is it like put, a funnel or something then? Yeah, more or less. They have a V60 right. as well. That's a cone looking one, but we have the bucket version. Um, and what we do is we put a filter right in that. And for Turkish, we'll take a Sumatra generally. You can really use any coffee on our menu to make whatever Turkish or New Orleans you would like. But generally, we use a Sumatra. We add a little bit of cardamom in there for the Turkish, probably about oh, a quarter teaspoon. Um, mix it around and then stomp it and pour it over. Gives you a nice citrus, kind of like a Turkish. No grounds at the bottom of the cup. Um, like most people are used to with a traditional yeah. Turkish coffee. Yeah. And then it's, and no cinnamon. So it's really just that cardamom that you're going to get the flavor of. Interesting. That's why we call it the Turkish style. So it's not, Interesting. It's, you know, in a different lane of a regular Turkish. Yeah. The last Turkish coffee I had, I think I was down the Turks and Caicos down the Caribbean. And yep. they, they, they grind it into a powder and they just stick it right in there almost yep. like a, I don't know, you know, just like any type of additive you would to the water and they just stir it up. And so you yep. got mud at the bottom of the cup. And they so. do the same. They get it all hot. Yeah, man. It's really, yeah. I mean, it's good if you like a dark, dark, dark coffee because it does yeah. sit at the bottom. It's almost like a tea without the steeper. It's just in your cup. Yeah, I think the, and the Brazilians, I think, uh, kind of prepare it the same way. I had some, some, it's been a long time ago I was down in uh, Brazil, but sort of the same thing. And they, they serve it in super hot, tiny little cups. Yep. And I mean, they're like little shots. I mean, they're smaller than, sh than a typical uh, shot that you would see uh, here. 
But man, yeah. I'll tell you what, man, it lights you up. <laughs> oh, I bet. The caffeine ratio on that, man, must be unbelievable. And that's like a Turkish, but they use a lot of coffee and it's super fine. So you get a very yeah, strong. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. And that's why we, we want to start doing a Turkish grind with the Turkish coffee. I've tried it in the pour over. It actually works yeah. pretty well, but I don't want it to make it too long for somebody who's in here. Cause we are trying to be that in and out pour over style. Oh, of coffee course. Shop. Yeah. 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 Cause you're on the way there. Where did your, um, skateboarding logo come from? Oh, that, uh, stemmed from my, uh, my first day with my wife, actually. Um, we actually went to you a You took her out on called, a skateboard? Yeah, we went skating. We both skate. We cruise more or less. No tricks anymore at this time in life. But our first date was in Red Bank, New Jersey. And we went to this little coffee shop that we know there called Rook Coffee, actually. Very, very good spot. And we went down to this hill. <laughs> she swore she was going to be able to bomb it. So I told her I held her coffee <laughs> and she went down and, man, she took a spill really hard at the bottom and it was our first actually i think it was our first or second date but it was right there on one of those dates those first dates and i watched her fall i ran down there and her mom was like what did you do but she ended up being okay but you know that's you're not where the supposed logo... to kill your wife on your first date i mean that's, <laughs> you're not supposed to do that oh uh, no it was bad but that's where the logo came from i figured a couple days after man this coffee shop and i went on and i figured we love skating we love coffee. Why not incorporate the two into our logo to make That's it recognizable, cool. more brand awareness to bring to the people, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Are, are you ever going to sell skateboards from the uh, coffee store as well? Double up on that? Yes, we are. Yeah, and okay. we actually already have them designed. Um, we cool. just haven't took the took the hit on ordering them yet. All right. Well, you know, you you have to you have to focus on one thing and get that at a level that's amenable, and then you could bring the next exactly. uh, product line in and whatnot. It's funny you talk exactly. about your wife taking a spill on the first date. My brother, years ago, uh, long before he got married, he dated a girl, and he was into skydiving, so he took her up skydiving, oh, her very first one. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and, and it was skydiving. And then the, the next first night, date, huh? Wow. Yeah. Then the next night, he dumps her. <laughs> What? That wasn't very nice because she was scared to death. Oh, uh, I'm gonna scare to you. I'm gonna scare you to death, and then you're out of here. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Man, that's a good one. Wow, that is pretty funny. That's a story yeah. to tell, right there. Indeed, indeed, it yeah. is. So, <laughs> what what surprised you most at this point in your journey as a uh, as an entrepreneur with this shop? Um, to be honest, Bob, it's really where we are right now. I mean, from the beginning. You got to know, like, we didn't... You mean the location? No, just we didn't know anybody here. So we didn't right. know how this was actually going to go. I knew from marketing skills that I could get us to a point where I wanted us to be. Not knowing anybody, though, it was a little bit harder than if I grew up in the area and people knew me and loved me and I could start a, a shop that the locals would, you sure. know, gravitate to because they know me. Yep. But I'd say that was the most challenging part to just yeah. keep a level head and understand it's going to grow because there were times in the beginning, the first two months, you kind of go beside yourself. Is this the right thing to do? Should I have started this? Um, but then you got to quickly get out of that and understand it's a process, you know, and it yeah. will get to where you want it to get to as time goes on, as long as you keep building. Well, well any new venture, I think, uh, whether you, it's a team that starts it or, you know, a, a single entrepreneur, you, the two big questions you always have is 
A, should I be doing this? And B, if I do, will it work? Because you're always worried about, you know, wasting your time and your money. Exactly. And, uh, so, so everybody goes through that. And I knew my product though. I, I knew what we had. We've been doing this for about five, six years now, really roasting and getting all of our profile set. We have another partner that nobody knows at this moment because he doesn't really want to be in the limelight. His name yeah. is Johnny. He's our, basically, he's our button presser for our roaster to, when we need it, he roasts it to our profiles that are set, and then he sends it to us from Jersey. Well, yeah, so, so tell us about that piece yeah. of the so, business. Yeah, right now, we don't have a roaster locally. We will at some point. That's the goal. But right now, we actually bought our roaster up in Jersey years ago, and we really wanted to start it there up in northern New Jersey, probably Passaic area, because there wasn't too many coffee shops in the, this one little town that I know of there. And it just wasn't working. I didn't like the air. I didn't like being in Jersey. So yeah. that's why we went to California and then ended up here. And eventually we will bring him down here if he wants to come. If not, we'll just bring the roaster down here and I'm just going to get to work and try to find a really good person that might want to run it for me. But that's always scary because I like to keep it in the family. And he, I more or less say his family and I can trust him. So hopefully one day we can have him here and be the first roaster in Sarasota. So so you're so just so I understand, so you have the roaster up north in yep. Jersey. Do you supply other stop, uh, shops up there, or is mm. it just since it's directly down here? No, it's just us. We don't supply any shops up there. It's our first startup. We don't do any wholesale, and we will definitely not have our coffee and coffee. Uh, sorry, uh, grocery stores. Or anything like that. We're going to keep it exclusive to our shops. And I just think that brings more of an exclusivity to our coffee and what we have to offer. If you can, how, if big, you, how big is the equipment then? Because I've seen some different roasters. I mean, some, you know, you, you do different poundage and whatnot. Yeah. Ours is about 200 pounds at one time. Um, it's not too, too big, but it's big enough. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So you have so you have it in a warehouse up there? Yeah, we had a little warehouse that we paid for. It's actually very inexpensive. That's why we went up there. Um, and yeah, we just have it set in there, and my man just goes in and does his work when I need him to. <laughs> oh man, but he wanted I mean, it. To, he he wanted it that way. You know, he didn't really want to be part of the Instagram. He didn't want to be part of anything. I'm trying right. to get. I have a slew of pictures that I'm going to dump out at some point. Once we get a little bit bigger, our second shop, and we're going to show everybody what we do. Hopefully, when I bring it here, though, I can do that, and people can actually visit it, and we can do cupping events. And we actually yeah, yeah. want to bring it here and do something with NFTs and cryptocurrency as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Buddy, if you can explain those to me, uh, that would be quite something. I actually have a good friend uh, who's one of the top Bitcoin guys in nice. the world. I mean, he was there at the very beginning. Same. But I don't get it, and I don't know if it's yeah. generational or we just don't buy into it or whatnot. But uh, you no, know, I, I think it's. I-, a, I think it comes down to understanding, really. I think if you if you sat down with somebody who understands what it does and how it works, well, I've tried. Yeah, <laughs> it is hard. I mean, it's hard to anyway. get a grasp around it. You know, I understand coffee. I don't understand NFTs and uh, and cryptocurrency. What was well, it seemed to me like you'd have some extra capacity in that uh, equipment up north, so you don't. You you wouldn't grind for or you, you wouldn't roast for somebody else or you just all keep it no, in the house then. 
I'm keeping it in-house, man. That's our goal because it's going to be, I look at it for a future thing. I don't want to start doing it now for other people and then have too much for my own shops because I plan on having a nice amount of shops within Florida. So yeah. I don't really want to, I mean, yeah, I can always increase and get a bigger one, of Capacity, course, which yeah. I will. Um, but, you know, as of right now, I want to keep it all in-house. I think the exclusivity thing goes a big way. Um, especially when I bring the NFTs into it, it's going to be even more exclusive because once you hold one of these NFTs, you're going to get exclusivity into one of our cupping events or an exclusive uh, single origin that we have to offer, exclusive merch and stuff like that. So we're going to build real hard around that NFT exclusivity to our coffee. Where do you actually source the beans from? Is it a wholesaler? Oh, uh, we actually Jersey have or? an importer up there that flies yeah, yeah. to all these places and finds. You know, I don't do that. I want to very badly. Uh, we were going to fly everywhere and source out our own farms, me and Gabrielle, but then the pandemic hit. So we didn't want to do it ourselves. So my yeah. buddy actually is in coffee. He was like, well, I'll be your sole importer. So I was like, well, let's do this then. So he is the one who goes around, finds all of our farms, and we try to source okay. all natural process and all honey process. Um, right. Being so we're really trying to get the best of the best. We're looking for a geisha at some point. We want to have exclusive 25 pounds of a Panama OG geisha. I have a source the, for you. Yeah. Okay. I, I have a source for it. It's Cafe Ruiz. I'll send it okay. to you. I used to yeah, buy it. Please from there. Do. Again, uh, you and I were talking years ago when my kids were growing up. I mean, we grew up in the Cincinnati area. So I used to send my daughters down to Panama. Okay. Because I thought it was really important yeah, that they learn a second language. And so they actually okay. stayed with the family down there during this, the summertime. Another family, they had daughters, I had daughters and whatnot. But one of the main uh, employers down there was Ruiz Cafe. And, and it was up in the mountains, gorgeous area in Panama. Oh, yeah. It just had the, um, the, you know, the hummingbirds and all these other multicolored birds Gorgeous. in the, yeah. And, and the climate was pretty much you know, spring like year round. It's just, just yep. a gorgeous location. And Can't beat the, it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the coffee, the, you know, the coffee grew right out to the road. I mean, again, coming from the Midwest, I said, you know, coffee grew there like corn grew, corn and soybeans grew in the Midwest. So. <laughs> but, um, oh, yeah. what my understanding is, is that Panama, is the only country that they do not sell through a consortium. All mm -hmm. the other countries consolidate it through certain sellers, but Panama, yes. you can sell it on your own. And, Which is amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's a you know it's great coffee because I remember being down there buying a a pound of coffee for like two bucks. It was just yeah, outstanding that's amazing coffee. Outstanding yeah, you can't coffee. beat that. Yeah, yeah. So I'll be your I'll be your geisha supplier. Yeah, man, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I would well, love you, that. You know. Yeah, tell us now. We also talked earlier um, off mic here that you guys are putting together some events, or you have had some events. Talk about that, if you will. Yeah, we've had um, some. We had one. It didn't go so well. It wasn't sponsored or ran by us at all. It was one of the other local shops in here. They had put together an event, but they didn't have the parking structure set. So this time we're hosting event February 18th. We're going to do it right. We already have a bounce house in place ready to go. We have three food trucks coming. We have some uh, people coming out for open mic. We're going to do some music out here. Oh, All cool. types of vendors will be here and everything. And we plan to do these pretty much once a month if we can handle that. 
But we're definitely going to do another one March 25th for our one year anniversary here at this plaza, South Point Village and Marina. So it's just turning out to be an amazing community, like I said before, of people who are ready and willing to help out and set up these events and keep them going. That's great. Have you ever thought about a food truck back in, I think it was episode 46. I had a gal in his Carabelli, big purple truck, and they sold these, um, uh, acai bowls. Oh, yeah. Oh, they were, they were, they were killer. I mean, it'd be great bringing in some, some food trucks there as well. Well, see, the awesome part is about that too. This CBD shop that my wife actually sourced in this plaza, we actually posted on Facebook because we had a lot of empty space. Um, we got this CBD shop. They're planning on doing acai bowls at some point. Yeah. They do juices right now. They're going to do juices infused with CBD and smoothies at some point. So that's something that I would love to have in here for sure. Well, that sounds great. Well, so what are you excited about right now? Um, excited about the future of Coast to Coast Coffee and what we could do for people and just, you know, give regular coffee drinkers, not so much espresso drinkers, a place to come for just a beautiful, amazing cup of coffee, you know? Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, Patrick, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. And just again, for our listeners, you are located at 7650 South Tamiami Trail. And that is in the South Point Village and Marina strip mall right there. And you're right next to Hidden Harbor. And yes, you guys got something good there. So we're we're looking forward to having you on again in the future. Yes, sir. You already know. Anytime. All right. All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Bye-bye, all. Hello, dear listeners. This is Bob again. Thank you so much for stopping by. I sure hope you enjoy listening to our interviews as much as we do providing them. If so, would you do me a little favor? Go to sarasotastories.co and enter in your email. That way you'll get notifications of all upcoming episodes. Also, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And remember, no matter where you go, to listen, learn, and connect. Connect.